0: Hey guys, it's Steve with com blog unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming unto Christ for healing. Um, So I know it has been a minute since we've had um, some stories of of guys recovering, had some other posts recently, but we uh, are super excited about this one. Uh, So James and Christy, I don't know Christy super well. Um, but you guys can say hi. Hello. Hi. They're, they were looking at me like, um, do we talk now? Or do we not talk now? <laughs> they weren't, we weren't sure. But, um, so James, James is the coolest. So, um, I've talked before about going to the, uh, a retreat based on the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. P.S. Everyone should still go. We have a post about that, but, um, that's where I first met James and got to know him. So they're here willing to kind of share their story of recovery. Yeah. So. As always, we kind of like to start at the beginning. So, James, tell us childhood. Uh, you know, when did you first in- encounter pornography? What was your household like? Stuff like that.
1: Okay. Um, I probably first encountered pornography when I was about eight. Um, and, you know, uh, saw it a little bit after that every now and then ever since. Uh, my. Interest in it grew as I kind of got older into my, you know, teenage years sought it out a little bit more or whatever, um, just mostly through like rated R movies or whatever, any kind of nudity I could find or whatever. It's probably fairly normal, um, you know, teenage type experience.
0: So for you, even at like eight when you were a kid, were you like, oh crap, this is bad, like... I shouldn't be, I don't know if you grew up in a religious home or not, or what that looked like, so, was it, was it something that you knew, like, this is wrong, I shouldn't do it, but kept going back to it, or was it something that,
1: yeah, I knew it was wrong, I knew I was, you know, I was ashamed of it, that I had, that I had seen it, um, but it was, you know, pretty attractive, so, um, you know, I just, kept going there anyway, because it was intriguing, interesting, I was curious, and, Wanted to see more of it. Um, as far as, I guess, some of the childhood background, if you want to go there right now, outside of any pornography or anything. Totally. Um, my my mom was divorced to my dad by the time I was, you know, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so with him in the home, um, he was... All my memories of him are him drunk, doing something or another. Fairly abusive of some sort of another, whether it was emotional or physical. Yeah. Um. And then when um, she married my stepdad, um, he wasn't a very uh, friendly type guy. Not a very kid-friendly person. He mm-hmm. was pretty intimidating, um, pretty much... Uh, really strict, um, authoritarian type personality. Um, and so I was just, I grew up afraid of him. I was just afraid, just fear. Of, so, if it,
0: so, you weren't talking to anyone about this stuff you'd stumbled on?
1: No, not at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, th- there was no, <laughs> there wasn't a safety zone yeah. there to, to talk to anybody. So. Yeah. Um, Talked to friends about it. I, I know I did. I, did. Um, I ended up. I had a good friend. We ended up talking about it. F- you know, from the time we were, I don't know, probably about fourteen. Oh, you know. Uh huh. Um, and it was not so much about the pornography side, but um, the masturbation side of things. Because uh-huh. um, I was, you know, I was voluntarily abstaining from taking the sacrament at church because of that. So, you know, my friends noticed, and they, you know, would ask why I was choosing not to. So, I had the one friend that I would kind of confide in, and you know, so that was good, a good side of that. But it was still a lot of shame based, and I figured I could read and pray my way out of that situation. The try harder
0: gospel, yeah, as I like to uh, label it. Yeah. So, but it, that that's interesting because I, 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 a lot of men that. Had on here and that I've talked to. It's either complete isolation or like me and my friends were going and finding the porn and looking it up together. And mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's interesting that you kind of had kind of a friend friend in the middle there. Yeah. And quick reference sacrament. So that's if you, if you're Catholic or more traditional Lord's Supper kind of a thing. Um. So kind of every Sunday. I think a lot of people are familiar with that. But yeah,
1: I did have. So I had one friend that I went and found it with, and another friend that I would talk about it with. So. <laughs> it was so, so you had both all kinds, yeah. all kinds of friends, <laughs> yeah, I had had yeah. them from all over the place, so um you know uh I would say that the problem my real problem or obsession with pornography started as the internet became really prevalent, mm-hmm. Um, that's where I feel like pornography really kind of got its hooks in me at so that gonna point. So we're going to date you.
2: Yeah, so, we're, we're old enough to yeah. be able to say, well, when the internet came. Yeah,
1: I, rem- in I remember, day. I remember when the internet was invented. And your children
0: ask you, well, then how did you send emails? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I
1: hadn't heard of email until I was in my very last area on my mission.
0: Okay, so yeah,
1: LDS, LDS so if you have USB, so tell yeah. me, where'd you go? I went to England. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, And so my last area, I had a brand new greenie and he was telling me about this email thing that he was was wanting to try to email his brother. (laughs) And I just thought it was kind of crazy that somebody would spend $2,500 on a computer so that they could just send letters to each other. Totally stupid idea. Yeah, really dumb. It's a really expensive way to send letters. (laughs) (laughs) Just stick a stamp on it. So anyway, uh, came home, got a job at an internet company type thing that was in Mm -hmm. computers, networking. And um, so I had a lot of time in front of a computer and that was where I think I kind of dove into pornography a lot more. And that's where it started to sink its teeth in me, so to speak, where that became a lot more uh, prevalent in my life.
0: So you kind of get in. your kind of early 20s, mid 20s. Right. Um, the addictions kind of starting to sink in. So tell me, like, so how did you? How did your life function? Were you, you know, I was a dual life guy. Like no one knew. So I had this whole super active Christian life, and then that was this other thing. Right. So was it? So tell me, dual life? Was it? You kind of. Yeah, it was pretty. Left God yeah. at the door and, and took off, or kind of no. how that happened for you?
1: No, it was dual life. Um, I went to church and. You know, I was still trying to live the Try Harder gospel. I never felt happy about my, you know, my choices to look at pornography. And so I'd try to just pray for more strength to not do it anymore. Um, And reading the scriptures more or whatever I need to do more of to Mm -hmm. try to make that not Mm -hmm. be, not happen the next time I was at work or whatever. Didn't ever quite work out. So... You know that was kind of my situation uh, when I met Christy. Okay. Um, so. Enter Christy. Yep. Enter Christy into the story.
0: <laughs> so still kind of. So when you first met, you were still just kind of dual life and you yeah, don't really. You were still just kind of your your recipe was the try harder gospel. Right. Okay. Um,
1: By this time, my friend that I had was confiding in, I was no longer. He was gone. You know and. So, so it was just you're me yeah, it was yeah, it was my secret that I was kind of keeping to myself for the most part. Uh, so how'd you meet? Um,
2: so we met through a friend of mine who I had gone to high school with and had run into her again, and she said, "Hey, why don't you come camping with us?" And um there's a big group of guys, and us girls were all gonna go and just go camping and he was one of the guys and just swept me off my feet with his guitar, and um, I. What you? Why did we not get the guitar in here? You could have given us a little intro to this thing. There you Come go, on, James.
1: Get some unashamed, unafraid music going. That's, that's, there you go. <laughs> well, like
2: and um, so we just wound up talking all night and had a lot in common.
0: The rest of is kind interests. of interests. Yeah. Okay, so. So tell me, Christy, kind of your background. Were you like, so my wife was like, I did everything right. Like, I was super good girl. I hadn't done any jacked up stuff. I wasn't drinking, smoking, sex, like nothing. I, you know, did a lot of good things in my life and then just kind of stumbled into this guy. So similar path for you or was it more rocky? Or no. Kind of tell me how you came into this.
2: Sure. Thing. Well, my parents are not what you'd call big um re- they're not religious at all. Okay. My my mom is elapsed. Um you know, she she never went to church anymore. My dad just kind of never did. Mm-hmm. Um we were kind of brought up to go to church until we kind of didn't feel like it anymore
0: yeah so in the church mm-hmm, okay
2: yeah okay so when I was about 16 17 I decided you know just at that age things just start getting more important than church or whatever I still had good friends and everything but um you know it just wasn't it became not so important mm-hmm. anymore and so kind of had a time away from God and Christ and, um, there were corrections in my life to be made and through God's grace and love for me, he reached out his hand for me one last time and through, through my church leader calling me just, Hey, we're, we're trying to reconnect with the young people around here and we haven't seen you forever would you be willing to come in and and just visit with me and i just i don't know why i didn't say no to this day cuz it'd be the last thing i would want to do i'm i'm a private quiet person i don't like to go visit with people that i don't know very well but i went in and i walked into the building and looked at the art on the walls and i just was home and i knew it and i knew that god had called me there mm-hmm. and it was a very powerful spiritual experience, and no um, nothing else happened. you know. It wasn't like I um, became baptized that night or anything, but God, I was born again Should that, that night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So um, shortly after that is when James and I met.
0: Okay, so you you, you kind
2: of so I there were corrections to be made in my go life. Go off with the heathens a yeah. little bit, a little, yep, yeah.
0: Kind of, so then you kind of come back, and so so you guys are getting married, and so tell me, you know, we step into this. You've got addiction stuff. You're kind of sure. getting on the rise. How did this all come together? So
2: he was never really interested in hiding from me. I will say that. I mean, I feel like James. One of the one of my favorite things about him was his. Um, willingness, his really, his, um, he really wanted to share who he really was. And so, so pretty shortly in.
0: So, tell me about that. Yeah. So, what'd you do? You're just like well, third date and you're like, hey, by the way, I'm addicted to porn.
2: Well, I had some disclosions to make to him.
0: Okay. Which so is actually kind of, how it started. So, you kind of started the conversation. Right. Okay. So. Right. So, she's like, hey, I got some stuff. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, me
1: too. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Pretty much. And so. I said I can forgive your stuff if you can forgive my stuff, kind of thing. Here, uh-huh. Here's where where I'm at, and at at the time I didn't really know that pornography addiction was even a thing or could be. Yeah, a you're thing. not walking
0: around saying I have an addiction, right? You're saying, I have some mistakes in the rearview mirror, right? Yeah. 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 So
1: it's just I have this problem and I'm trying to overcome this deal that I'm. And just at that
0: hard. point, you're acting out how often?
1: Um, sometimes as much as every day looking at pornography, um, every work day I should say. Uh-huh. and um sometimes once a week at that point. Okay. Um that was a rougher patch for, that was probably my most active time ever in my life of okay. looking at pornography yeah. was while I was working at that company.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you're kinda so you're 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 in the throes of it. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate, you know walk around being like, you know, this might be an addiction. Yeah. No. It's just, you, you quit every night before you go to bed and then you have a month that you're good and you go, oh, I'm out of right. the woods and then yeah. you screw up again and you're like, well, while I'm down here, I'll just keep looking and then right. you kind of get back on the horse again and yeah, I, I can totally relate and to we that. And we
2: were, we've been married for 20 years and 20 years ago, I mean I, I think I think pornography was addiction was just barely like it what, was uh, it was barely
0: Well there's some weirdo therapist in the basement somewhere that's like I yeah. this is I an think addiction. sex can be an addiction. Like, whatever Yeah. 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 Oh th- totally. So and, and I think this is a good so talking to our, our single folks, right. those who are dating, people who are divorced or redating, um, you know, a lot of women are worried about asking. They don't you know, they don't want to get into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the men a lot of women think if I ask him, he won't be honest, mm-hmm. right? So like, why even ask? I kind of have to go like on a on a hunt. So right. I'm I'm gonna crystal ball here and say that factor of him being honest with you up front and and you opening those doors to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that's one of the keys why you two are still sitting here together. Yeah, I, I would say
2: absolutely. that. I would say that's for sure true.
0: So anyone entering to a relationship who can hear us. <laughs>
1: Be honest. James and <laughs> yeah. giving us a golden nugget. Yeah.
0: Why
2: not be honest? Don't you want to be who you really are with the person that you're married to? Uh, I
0: mean, you know, if you're shame based and you're an addict in hiding, no. I, I guess. But, um, but I, I think because so I think you know I came out two years after we were married, and um, uh, I don't know if Kayla would have married me or not. I don't think she could answer that question either. Right? Who knows? We weren't there, right? Yeah. Um, but I tell you. Man, what a better start. And the stories I've heard where people had some disclosure up front, mm-hmm. so much better. So that's cool. Okay. So yeah. you kind of know, you've kind of talked about it. Right. You get married. Yeah, we just kind of talk- figured that Did after- you think after you got married you wouldn't have a problem? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we both did.
1: We were like, oh, okay, well, we'll get... <laughs> we all laugh we- about that <laughs> on this side of it, don't we? Isn't <laughs> it crazy? We weren't sexually active before we were married, so we mm-hmm. figured once we became sexually active, then that would kind of make it all go away.
0: Did you feel like this was, like, your problem as you got into this? Were you like, it's my job to make sure he doesn't have a problem?
2: Yeah. 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 But, but that didn't come until... It's like I, it took me years to kind of grow into that role of, okay, I am the caretaker of his sexuality, mm-hmm. and I am the pornography police. <sighs> Yeah. But that took quite a few years. Okay. A because I didn't know for a while that it was still going on.
0: Okay. Well and, let's well, well let's say yeah. it. you're I was fast forwarding on you, my bad. So, yeah. Yeah. so you
1: get married, you're like, I'll be good. Yeah, and probably within six months I had gone back to it on mm-hmm. our home computer and found it on there. Mm-hmm. Um and and then sort of a pattern would emerge at that point. It was probably on average, probably about every three months that I Mm -hmm. would go back to pornography on just the home computer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would probably tell her about it or she would ask me about it first. And then I would tell her about it about half of those times. So Mm -hmm. in her mind, you know, she thought it was probably a couple times a year that I was going there. Um, so you catch him sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're being honest
0: sometimes. Yeah, a mm-hmm. little bit of all. Yeah, okay.
2: and hiding sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, There's
1: some lying mixed in with some truth and some, you know, all the tactics that we use to try to minimize it or justify it or sure. deny it or, you know, all those things uh, to to try to just not have her be so mad at me for it, <laughs> you know. Um. so let's see I guess that's the pattern for like 14 years of our marriage the first 14 years um, Christy
0: did you know something was off? I hear that a lot yeah,
1: did when you I feel I had, like
0: life was a little empty? the cup was a little empty?
2: yeah for sure
0: How, what did that look like for you?
2: well I mean I could always kind of tell
0: So I know we have people listening who are in that fourteen year period right now. So, you know, you're gonna describe it and they're gonna go, that's me. Yeah. So what what did that you know, what did that look like? I mean, were you happy sometimes, not happy other times? Was it kind of a lens of gray depression over all of it? Like what what did that fourteen year period? We had we had
2: good times. We we got along. We got along really well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um
1: Most of the time. Until we didn't, like, until
2: this came up. This was kind of our...
1: This was the thorn in the side. It was. The the big issue, but then we'd kind of either sweep it under the rug or have a big blow up about it and then move on or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time it was all good. Right. You know? Mm -hmm.
2: But it was always there and it was always this desperation, like, if we can just find our way out of this.
1: Yeah.
0: We just fixed that. Right. Now, yeah. Didn't I was you know when you had these big blow ups when it followed I mean would you be like, I'm never doing it, I totally promise. Yeah. We're good from here out. Yeah. So I, like 'cause
1: I really thought that I really was gonna yeah. try and was gonna do everything I could. You can try harder gospel. Yes. So you yep. can keep
0: trying harder. That's the beauty yep. of the try harder gospel. Just yeah. keep you can keep grinding that will so when you're on the whatever, fourth or fifth iteration of hearing him say, No no, I'll try harder this time that had to start to get Old. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable in the sense of unauthentic. Not you, unbelievable like amazing. Yeah.
2: Sorry. At some point I just figured he wants to be doing this, I guess. Or I I don't know. I don't know what I figured, honestly. It's hard to remember. But I just knew that we did not have Oh yeah. a clue how to get out of this. Ourselves yeah. and um, he had visited with our, um, you know, our ecclesiastical leader and sought All help.
1: Them. All of them, bishop, pastor, person. Yes, yep.
2: and didn't ever seem to help. Yeah, yeah. nothing helped.
0: Tell me really. what was intimacy like? I mean, not just sexual intimacy, sexual intimacy, and then just like emotional intimacy. I mean, were were you still close? Were you not? Was it?
1: Um. I guess emotional intimacy um, waxed and waned, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, in in hindsight, it was hardly anything to what it is today. But at the time, we felt like it was fairly good mm-hmm. um, because we could talk with each other and share other problems with each other and talk about just about you know anything. Really, we could talk about anything, but...
2: But then I would shut down, though, because I'd been hurt so many times, and at some point when you've been hurt repeatedly by the person who is supposed to be the one that loves you the most, it does, as a woman, I feel like it shuts you down emotionally, and you just get to the point where you don't want to, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions, and we had four kids throughout all that, too, and that adds its own
0: hashtag trauma, hashtag relational trauma stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I think this is probably a good point to, this is a good part to talk about again, in hindsight. Um, Now, you know, me looking at pornography once every three months, you know, that doesn't sound like it's that that big big of a deal. Sure. Um, And, Frankly, that may not have been what the big deal was. What the big deal was, was that I was obsessed with sex. Mm -hmm. I knew when the last time we had had sex was. And I was always trying to arrange for the next time when that was going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So that was... A lot of pressure. 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 Sexuality between you. So there was a lot of pressure around that. So when you're talking about what, you know, so physical intimacy was, it was just... Me pressuring her, all you know, pretty much all the time,
2: or manipulating or manipul- the situation, yeah. and me yeah. feeling like,
0: "Hey, I just bought you this," or buy, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, right." right. Yep.
2: And me feeling like it's my job to manage his sexuality, and if mm-hmm. if he is satisfied sexually, then he may, you know, I can maybe stop him from acting out again the next time.
0: I just want to like highlight what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. And just sitting here now in hindsight, that's crazy, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It is to me. It's crazy that I would think that way.
0: So if you're any women out there, and you heard what she just said, <laughs> it's it's crazy, right? It's not. That's just not what it really is. It no. is,
2: but you after that many years and without the
0: um and the relational trauma, betrayal right. trauma, right?
2: Yeah. Without the the work that we've had to do in the last six years. That's, where, that's a natural place for a woman's mind to go. Is, oh, 100%. Because we, we go into fix-it mode. That's what we yeah. do. We're going to fix our kids. We're going to fix our spouse, and everything is going to be fine. Yeah. And so we're trying to, trying to just fix it the best yeah. way we know how with what we, with w- w- the knowledge that we have. So. Well,
0: and so do you feel, James, like, I know a feeling that I had and people I've talked to have had is, like, that, that, that sexuality barometer kind mm-hmm. of defined... I mean, your happiness, I guess, or if you're okay, or your validation. Because yeah. I know when I've talked to men, I'm like, your, your wife rejecting you when it's, when it's all about yeah. sex, it's not like the physical rejection, like, oh my gosh, like my genitalia is just going to fall off. <laughs> it's it's so emotionally rejecting it is, yeah. that it just blows you. So, similar experience yes, for you?
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was the way that I could gauge whether or not I was loved, accepted whether or not we were in a good place it was you know so when she turned me down I would I was either sad or I would pout or get angry or you know I just had such an emotional connection to whether or not we were having sex when I thought we should have it or or if I had been
2: seen to sort of promise sex and then for whatever reason, that didn't happen. That's where yeah. some of our biggest fights. Honestly, yeah. quite honestly, we're about we have never
0: had a fight over that. <laughs> yeah, me and Kayla, <laughs> total jest. <laughs> have a hundred times. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a tough place. Well, and I, I what you said. You're like it's only once every three months. But I mean, the pattern you're describing right now, like, that sounds like it sucks, yeah. right? Yeah, and so and so it's just yeah. I mean, it's. The, but, like you say, the emotional part of it yeah. and the connection and the way you viewed sex and really kind of viewed her, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. The once every three months, the part that sucked about that was it was long enough to make you feel like you didn't have that much of a problem with it, but it was often enough to remind you you had a problem with it. Mm. Um, yeah. It was... Brutal. It was just sort of a maybe I'm...
2: I, yeah. And I mean, I went as long as... just enough time to, to start feeling good again yeah. and like getting back to maybe
0: i can trust him. yeah
1: that's it well i mean i went as long as nine months once Mm -hmm. and you know six months happened a few times Mm -hmm. so it was just it was and i was confused we were both confused we toward you know um toward closer to us actually starting therapy you know we were i was asking do you think i have an addiction problem you know because in my brain so you started to think yeah. How the hell do I get out of here? Right. Mm-hmm. How do I
0: get off this marathon? Well,
1: I was thinking that for the full fourteen years. I'm looking for ways to get off, but you know, to me addiction did not. <laughs> Don't worry, nope. every addict
0: who's listening caught that sexual innuendo All the women listening were like, Why are they laughing? Except for this we're, we're, <laughs> Yes. Christy Christy was the one who caught it first. Jeez and I would let it go. Totally on you, Christy. Jeez. <laughs>
2: Get your mind out of the gutter.
1: Okay. But
0: uh, this is why in our invitation, we use that clip from the matrix where he has the two pills because yeah. it, cause addiction really feels that way. It's like, what is this alternate universe I'm in yeah. that I can't, it's like I'm in the real world, but I can't, I can't break through, Right. you know, emotionally. So
1: yeah, I did. I just thought that an addict was somebody that, you know, they were acting out on a super regular basis, like daily or weekly or something. I had an alcoholic father. So I saw what addiction looked like from that end. Mm -hmm. And I was not like that. So he wasn't
2: able to hold down a job.
1: Right. So, so I was a high functioning addict. I could Mm -hmm. have a job, have a family, have a wife, go to church and do all the good things and function Mm -hmm. in my life versus my dad who couldn't Mm -hmm. do any of those things. Mm -hmm. So to me, he was an addict, not me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I remember asking Christy, "Do you think I'm an addict?" And we, she'd be like, "No, oh. we're not those people." We're <laughs>
0: so just what, a. When to go to highlight, you got shame around this too, for right?
2: sure. Like, don't call, I don't want to call you. You know, we're not. No. Yeah, you don't want to
0: pick that up either. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're sure. We're better than that. Sure. So, then, <laughs> so then what happened?
1: Well, so basically when one time I could feel, um, I could kind of feel the addiction. So, so to speak, kind of coming on. I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, okay, I'm feeling like I'm, you yeah. know, I'm feeling like I'm going to want to act out or something. And so I just remember pl- praying and asking God, Hey, I can feel this coming on. We, we help me out this time because I'm seeing it ahead of time. Can you just help me out? And, you know, really praying about that. And within a week I had acted out again you know so I was upset disappointed you know um kind of losing I guess any faith or trust I had in in God anymore yeah. you know thanks for not helping me bro right yeah. after 14 years it's been too long and um when well, you were a good guy right
0: like yeah. you were like I'm trying to do all these good things yeah
1: I yeah I mean I I was a good guy I was doing a lot of really good things and just had this area that I could not figure out. And anyway, you know, after that, I you know kind of went through a little depression for you know a few days and that was which was typical for me. I'd downward mm-hmm. spiral pretty bad and be in a really deep shame place for a few days or a week. And then I try to okay pick myself up, buy my bootstraps, and go again and I remember reading in a reading in a book um and it was about you know pornography and in the back of the book it had some questions of basically one of the questions was, if you've ever told yourself that you're never going to look at pornography again and you keep going back to it, you're probably addicted and I read that and to me, that was an answer to the prayers. That was
0: your light bulb That moment. was
1: the light bulb. Um, that was like the hallelujah chorus going off in my head. I was uh-huh. like, because addicts can get help. I was no longer in this place where I was on my own and couldn't figure it out and just had this problem that couldn't be fixed. If I was an addict, I could go somewhere and get help. And so to me, so that it was, was a it, hopeful thing. Cause it, yes. it's like
0: finally getting diagnosed.
1: Yes. So it was hope, yeah, it gave me hope in that I could go and do something about what I'd been struggling with for the last, you know, so many years. And so I, you know, I called up my bishop that next morning and said, hey, I need to come see you. And went and saw him the next day and said, here's the deal. I'm pretty sure I'm addicted. And I need you to get me the best people you can find me. And I want help and I want it right now. You know? Yeah. And so he pointed me over to uh, Todd and Dan and Dorsey. Lifestar. Talk about Lifestar all the time. Okay. Sweet. So he gave me Todd, Dan's, and Dorothy's number. And I called them all in that order and left them all voicemails. And... Uh, Dorothy called me back first, and I lined her up an appointment for Christy without <laughs> Christy's consent. And how do you feel about that,
0: Christy?
2: I was ticked. Yeah, I was not happy about this new adventure. Right, this new addiction
0: uh, light bulb moment. Yeah,
2: like I mentioned previously, I'm I'm super private. I I don't even like to share. With my closest people, necessarily. And you want me to go in and, like, spill my guts to a person that I don't even know?
0: Some random witch doctor lady? Yeah. Screw that.
1: Yep. Yep. But I went. Yep, she did. Anyway. made some appointments and we got in and saw the folks over at Lifestar, started the phase one, and then started our recovery journey. Okay, so... Tell me
0: tell me kind of the different recovery stuff you've done. I'll assume some individual therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. Both, both of us. So, yeah. we did, yeah. okay. so we did Yeah. So we did the phase. couples
1: therapy? We didn't do any th- Not couples so much, therapy, actually. No. Yeah. We did. She did her individual therapy, I did my individual therapy, mm-hmm. and then on top of that we did the phase 1 and the phase 2 and the did phase the group 3 program at Life State at Life State at Life And Start. the group yeah. group okay.
2: group therapy. Yeah. So
1: we had individual and group throughout that whole period. For, okay. You know, about 2 years. Okay. That we were actively involved in that okay. part of the therapy.
0: And I should have made this connection at the beginning, but I will make it now. James was James who we had on our post about the Wild the Heart Retreat. He's on yes. the volunteer staff for uh, that. So he talks on there about kind of your journey and why that was a big thing yeah. in the right. retreat. So that was helpful. So tell me, you kind of went through therapy. What... What turned, right? Because you're in therapy. Right. Both of you clearly shame-based, right? Even you're like, I'm not picking this up. For sure. Right? You have a pretty good relationship naturally, just you Mm -hmm. guys being honest with each other. And so, so like what, what were the game changers, right? Because, because I'll tell you, I've I've met the people who've, who've been through group couples through the thing or whatever, and they still struggle. Yeah. So what, like, what's the, what's your, what's your sobriety now?
1: I don't know. If you ballparked it? Can um, you ballpark it for him? Um, I don't know. It's been...
0: minute time. And by the way, I want to bring this up. Most of the people I know who have recovered don't have a specific timeline. A little something to that. That's a lot of 12-step, it's like... It's been 465 this many days. days. That's interesting. Quit counting. That could be a conversation we could have. But yeah, ballpark it for me.
1: Um, well, I had a little slip. When was that? I
2: don't even know. Nine months ago?
1: I think so. Okay. Um, nine months now and... been probably... And before that. Like a year before that. Yeah. Okay. And then the year before that was kind of a hard year because... There was a whole lot of shiz that went down, and uh, so Christy it, just nodded her head. I mean, yeah, she's like, "Yeah, it's good it's, times. It was probably the worst, the worst year. Oh,
2: that would have been two thousand fourteen. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, anyway, it he had he has had some ups ama- and downs, amazing, but yeah.
0: but still, it's we're not counting. For,
2: but his sobriety, I mean, it's for it, my, it truly for my is. super
0: objective friends, yes, who want a number, absolutely. Um... Clearly, there's an upward trajectory here, oh. right? You went from being an everyday guy in your life to, I'm stuck in this mud and I don't know how to get out of here. So I, I manage. I white knuckle every three months-ish. Mm-hmm. And that's go to a year and nine months. And, and so we're not I, even so, worried about it. And, and you're right. not looking over your shoulder every day. So there's mm-hmm. there's a trajectory here, mm-hmm. absolutely. obviously. So, and, and for my objective friends, I would again say... The ones who I know who do have the 10 years of, you know, we've had Chris and Autumn on here. He just, they crossed 10 years of complete sobriety. Yeah. They don't super know. They're not counting every day. Yeah. So I think there's something to that about recovery. But yeah. So you've gone through Livestar. You've done the stuff. What, what has made the difference for you?
1: Um, for me, one of the first things that I did that made a huge difference was just embracing the transparency and the honesty um being fully known
0: with with her uh-huh
1: uh-huh um wanting to her to f- just wanting not only to have her fully know me but to start to fully know myself without hiding from my own demons and my own secrets and past um you know I recognized over time the value in looking at all the different ways that I kind of um looked at my past with some rose colored glasses and Mm -hmm. painted my real dad, the alcoholic father with nothing but negative and my stepdad with all the positive. Um, but I found a lot of value in just looking for the truth, Mm -hmm. the good and the bad in both Mm -hmm. people, the good and the bad in all situations that I was in. Mm -hmm. And, um, being really transparent with Christy about where what I was feeling emotionally so that I could start to try to get back in touch with that a little better because I spent so much time denying, you know, my shame and denying so what, my emotions. What made
0: that
1: worth it to, to finally kind of go for oh, that, right? Just it was a complete burden lifted off of my shoulders. Anybody that's a liar knows the heavy burden that lying is. And mm-hmm. just the freedom that comes with it, I could never go back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was diving into just being honest and transparent was a huge game changer for me.
0: But hard at first?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it was hard for a long time. Ongoing going yeah. after any time I had slipped up. It was really it's really hard because, you know, they're... If you want to talk about 2014, mm-hmm. you know, the honesty, I was afraid, was going to... We hit 2014, too, in my house, yeah. so we in <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. We, you know, I was afraid it was going to cost us our marriage, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
2: and it really almost did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was still worth it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because of what we learned.
1: Yeah, we learned a lot from it, and God showed up for us in that year. Despite, Despite all the hard there's stuff something beautiful here
0: because I think the hard thing is in, as an addict is in the short term being honest isn't going to go over well. No. I'm assuming it didn't go over well with you Well, initially. It, n- it took, probably took some time, right? Yeah. For him to really get somewhere with you and for it to build, the trust to build it was an overnight thing. Right,
2: but can I just say to any of the men listening out there when you are lying to your wife when you're not giving her the full truth I always say this, every time I have the chance to to talk to addicts you take away your spouse's choice to act in the way that she is free to act when she knows all the facts if she doesn't know all the facts she can't make an informed choice about your relationship your intimacy your her spiritual life who to pray for what to pray for she doesn't eat because she doesn't know she doesn't know the truth
0: well, as an addict, you think, well, I'll just control that outcome. Like how you talked about it. I was yeah. thinking about when's the next time we're going to have sex? How do I set that up? How do I work that in? How do I manipulate that? Mm-hmm. But James, you said it really well. What a burden. That is so freaking tough. Yeah. To, like, micromanage life that much. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just brutal. Yeah. So to be in a situation where you can have intimacy or, or sex, Chris and Autumn, when they share this, good job talking about this. Just a the difference there, like, when you don't have to Talk her into wanting to be close to you. You don't have to manipulate that situation if she's willing to just be close to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that, anyone listening, it's way better. Yeah. So so it's, much. It's it's worth work, working for. I think that's yeah. that's what I want to highlight. So the honesty was a really big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deciding to finally buy in and really let her. Yeah. you said, let her see you, and also you choosing to see you. You kind of talked right. about your dads and yeah. analyzing that. Kind of what else. What else was big for you guys?
1: Uh, The next thing was really diving into shame, recognizing that I was extremely shame-based and Mm -hmm. did everything I could really to learn about shame. It just, it resonated with me so much. It hit me so hard in the heart every time I would listen to like Brene Brown speak or read some of those books. She just had me weeping as I recognized all of these things within me that I was, you know, again, another burden, the burden of shame, um, and recognizing that I had so much work to do there. Um, but understanding that the more I understood it and faced it, the stronger I would become. Um, and so those two things were pretty simultaneous. Um, another big aha moment was, was when, was when the, when God reached into my heart and, um, so, uh, you know, the story in the Bible about, uh, the woman who was taken in adultery and, um, you know, she's to be stoned and the men ask, um, what should be done. And. The Savior says, he who's without guilt cast the first stone and, and, and then they all leave. And in the scene, it's all that's remaining is the Savior and the woman. And he asks her, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. And that was huge because in that moment... God was speaking that to me. I was the woman. Then the Savior spoke to me, neither do I condemn thee. And lifted all that shame and that self-condemnation away from me. And uh, all that judgment and that self-hatred and loathing for the first time starting to be lifted and healed within me. For the first time, I could start to accept myself, even with my weaknesses, and all the things that I'd done wrong, and all the things I'd been beating myself up for and hating myself for for all those years and you know so having the the spirit of God and the atonement become really effective and active in my life in that moment was huge because as I could accept myself and stop judging myself, again, it was a huge burden lifted because now I could also not judge anybody else. Um, I was, I used to be pretty critical and judgmental of others. I recognize as a, as a byproduct of my own self judgment and criticism. And, uh, for the first time in my life I could just look across a room of people and feel nothing but love and uh openness and not criticism
0: honesty de-shaming to up to let let god define you right yeah God, god define your worth you know you talked earlier that your sexuality and your external some success things that's what defined if you were loved if you were right, right mm-hmm. and sounds like you got that for the man upstairs
1: yeah that was and that was the first step in that, and yeah. even after that i had I' had started therapy, and I actually at that point, even after these miraculous things happening, I actually became really angry with God mm-hmm. because and the the anger was centered around where were you for the last 14 years yeah it was what took you so long
0: yeah
1: and why did you let us suffer for so long why did you let me damage my children and pass so much shame onto them because you know me being shame based now i'm i've created shame based children and so i spent frankly the med- well pretty much all of lifestyle, still angry at God Mm -hmm. and really struggling with most of my, what I felt like was most of that connection with, with God. So my journey was still obviously a very spiritual and healing type journey, but it was more, you know, therapeutic type stuff, not necessarily, um, with God other than the experience Mm -hmm. that I talked about, you know, with the shame being lifted. Um, and it's probably, you know, it's probably because I shut that down because I was so angry. Yeah. Um, but it was in that state when I went to boot camp. And God really showed up for me there in that state of anger. And um, and it was there that God said, I boot love you. Boot
0: camp being the wild heart retreat. Yes, it wild the heart, heart the retreat. Yes.
1: <laughs> and it was there that, that where God showed up for me again. And this is the, one of the other aha moments was, um, God basically saying to me, Hey, I love you. Right where you're at. And that was just so unbelievable to me. It was unfathomable to me. Um, you know, I obviously carry, was carrying so much self-loathing and hatred and, uh, just wanted the acceptance of, I guess, you know, in hindsight, I wanted the acceptance of my wife and, and people and my fathers and mother and everyone else. But really what I wanted was the acceptance of God. And I didn't recognize how to get that mm-hmm. and where to find that. And uh, the Wild at Heart retreat really, truly did. I've said it before, but it truly changed the spiritual trajectory of my whole life. And
0: when you don't know the real thing, it's hard to tell a counterfeit. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because, you. I mean, obviously the honesty was probably really big for you. And mm-hmm. obviously him reconnecting God, I'm sure, was big for you. Yes. It was a, to definitely show an answer more. to prayer
2: and miracle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, how did that go for you? Those Kind of those transitions for him? And was there something else kind of outside of what he talked about that was big for you?
2: For me, um, learning about boundaries, my own personal, Mm -hmm. um, boundaries with, I guess with him and also just boundaries of, okay, here I need, I have stuff too. And I've got bottom lines and, and unhealthy behaviors that I get sucked into, whether it's because of his addiction or not. And just learning, okay, I am not going to do this anymore for my own. It's not a crime and punishment thing. And that's, boundaries are tricky because it can it can almost feel like that. Like, a, well, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's more of a, I am protecting my heart and soul. And this is a godly principle.
0: When you started going on your own journey, being your own person.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I had stuff. That was another huge aha thing, coming, you know, kind of being dragged along on this therapy ride and thinking, okay, let's get in, let's fix him, and let's get out, you know. And coming and um, having having this experience where um, I get more humility, like, oh, crap, I have stuff. <laughs> I've got stuff <laughs> well, I need to need do, right, uh-huh. yeah. Sure. And And learning... Uh, day by day, week by week, the most beautiful and wonderful things that happen to the human heart are a a result of of the brokenness. And it is the broken heart that God can take and fix. The one that thinks it's whole, the person who thinks he or she is whole and, and great and doing, striding forward, I don't need anybody. God can't do a lot with that.
0: He can, like James talked about, right? That's heavy to live that way. Yeah, that is a heavy. Well, load. It, it is. That's the majority of my dollars. Because eventually we're
2: going to run into yeah. a wall, right? We're going to meet. We're only going to meet ourselves at yeah. the end of that road. But God is the one who can pick up those broken pieces of your heart and and do miracles with it, if if you let Him. And learning all that. What else? Is there
0: you know. anything? Is there anything you haven't said that you want to say?
1: Um I would say the uh women's retreat has been just as powerful in my the lives of my wife and my sister as they were as as warrior heart retreat was for me.
2: Right? It it changed me from a person who you know, I've got to do A, B, C, and D, or else I can't approach God, and and with the expectation that He is going to come for me. Yeah, you did I, your own journey with
0: God. You absolutely,
2: absolutely. I and going up there and learning, I don't have to do anything other than let Him in. Tell us the site.
0: Where do we find it? Uh,
2: theheartofawoman.net.
0: Theheartofawoman.net. Yeah. Um, I think we may end up doing a post about that later this year, actually. Yeah, so, talk to it your, is talk to your people.
2: fabulous, and um, I've been on the team. I mean, it changed my life such that I just I wanted to get Did involved get and and pass it on to as many women as I could. To it is paradoxically too. I I I'm more committed and more passionate about the things that bring me closer to God. Where before I was kind of checking off these things as a duty and now I am i can't get enough of it. It's like, a lo- you know, reading God's word well, is like a love letter.
0: And there's, I mean, this is so interesting because you talk about it, Chrissy, the way you talk about it. But in every couple that I've seen where I would say, like, the couple is recovered or in recovery, like, hey, these folks are going to make it kind of a thing. It's like the woman always goes on her own journey, her own it's not that she tags along on his journey. Right. It's there's there's always these inferences. Um, they read Mac and Melissa on here, and she had her whole, you know, she talks about she's you know very pretty. She's very pretty, and so she was defined like that's how she got her worth. Like oh, I'm mm. beautiful, and so she had this whole change that she's like I'm not an object. I'm a person. And yeah. So there's this realization that happens, and I think it's one of the beautiful things God gives us about addiction. It's a great barometer. It helps you. Figure out, you know, you're not okay with what's going on. Right. So, when
2: both partners are in it wholeheartedly, those are the ones who um, receive true healing, I would say. You know, he... I agree 100%. He, yeah.
0: Well, so then that... So my two natural questions that I always ask are, as an addict, my biggest question when I heard people's stories... This is the whole purpose of why I do the blog. Mm-hmm. It's because hearing people's stories was what gave me the most hope is, do you believe that you will look over your shoulder... Every day, do you believe that this will be something that will follow you around for the rest of your life?
1: No, I mean it's something I'll be aware of and be careful for and watch out for. But the burden. But the um, oh no, the burden's already he's, lifted.
2: Uh, yeah, we've placed that at Christ's feet, and He's taken it.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, you guys all look as here with them. I'm sitting here with them, and I've met them before. And uh, there's an authenticity to you guys. In that, because as an addict, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because you've never lived another way, yeah. So, I'm like, no, nope, it's always heavy. What are these people talking about? I give it to God, that sounds crazy, right? So, you know, and then that's when everyone's answered. The other question is, Up front, and oh, I mean, this thing's a ton of work, you know, has it been worth it? I mean, how many therapy sessions have you done? Arguments, you guys go on these retreats all this freaking time now, yeah. taking time off work, blah, blah, blah. Sure. you still have. But, you know, exit back in, you still have a real life. You still have four kids, family, drama, mm-hmm. crap, blah, 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 all that stuff still happening, right? Yeah. Um, has it been worth it? I mean, tons of extra effort to get honest, James, and be there for you to go on your own journey, even though you don't even have a freaking problem, right? right. Has it been <laughs> worth it?
1: Absolutely, without I, question.
2: I I would tell everyone to sacrifice
1: whatever it takes Whatever
2: it takes to do the work to get here. It, <clears throat> It I'm, is...
1: A million I've, times. I've told... I've brought... You know, I've referred several people over to Lifestar. And sometimes, you know, being the guys, they're like, Oh, I don't know about the money and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of expensive. And I'm like, what the hell else are we making money for if it's not for our marriages and for our kids? What is the point?
0: Probably in the words of my grandfather, um... You know, money doesn't buy you happiness, but it makes being miserable a lot more comfortable. comfortable. (laughs) So, you're is that that's it, right? You're buying the cheap counterfeit, right? Well, if if we had a boat, if I had a second house, if I had a bigger house, if I had a Benz, if I had whatever, whatever it is, they're you know, kind of chasing there. But uh,
1: it was an investment in our future, it was an investment in our marriage, it was an investment in my relationship with God.
2: And it, I don't even know how you'd put a price it, there's on There's
1: no that. price tag to, that we can put on all these things. In mm-hmm. hindsight, the first and 14 the, years of our marriage feels like silence. Right. And the, the joy. Yeah. Like
2: the joy that we've gotten back tenfold in our capacity to love other people, truly.
0: I and mean, yeah. you kind of hinted to it, but asked the question directly. Intimacy, sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy. You kind of said it earlier, and then I was like, whoa, don't fast forward to all the good stuff at the end. Right. let not work through this. It's better. You're oh, closer, absolutely. You're yeah. happier. Yes. It's more fulfilling.
1: Absolutely. The thing that's great is, you know, I love the burden of, I don't even know when the last time we had sex was, and I really don't care. And I don't know when the next time we're going to have it is, and I really don't care. I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. I, I
2: feel like we're just in the moment more. Yeah.
1: We yeah I mean, and they... we're
2: able to connect in lots of different ways, and not just sexually. I but... am making a guess
0: that you probably have more sex as opposed to less sex i
2: i think so
1: probably or it's He's about not, the same or yeah. whatever it's yeah. i just and i don't that, feel the pressure of I it. Mean,
0: i mean more connected right yeah and absolutely
1: I, yeah. I just love not having the pressure
2: and i um, love not having the
0: pressure too yeah. and it's been i mean we i mean i think we all can relate to the that's a great way to put it because we all can relate to that pressure yeah. And yeah. I, i've had times yeah. that's one thing for our recovery that it has been like we need to have sex tonight. I'm like, you don't even want to be here. Like, you don't want to do this right <laughs> now. Like you're sick or you're tired. And she, But she feels the pressure. Right. But it's yeah, been, but I know it's, it's been, two been this weeks many. And I, did, yeah. yeah. And it's totally. And so okay. I really like how you guys talked about that. That's, I will, I will call okay. you on that. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm ready to wrap up unless you have something no. else that you want Excellent. to say. Excellent.
2: Thank you so much for inviting us here.
0: Of yeah, course. It's been great. Thank, yeah. thank you for sharing. And, um, As you guys can see, they have been kind of just pretty honest, authentic. Um, You know, I also want to comment they've talked about some therapy resources. We have some resources on our blog. If you want other resources or having a hard time finding resources, uh, you can send us an email. You can submit anonymous questions. We'll get them answered by kind of resources that you're looking for. Um, You can obviously comment on their posts. I'm sure they'd be willing to answer any questions you guys want to ask. Uh, always invite you to subscribe. I don't tell people that. I should. <laughs> totally subscribe. It's the best blog ever. But, um, yeah, just appreciate you, sh- you guys sharing. And uh, to all my outsiders out there, we will catch you next time.